History has been made at COP28 in Dubai. The world has agreed to an unprecedented call for a transition away from fossil fuels. It is the centerpiece deal for the climate summit and could signal the beginning of the end for the fossil fuel era. However, some countries and experts say too many loopholes remain. It falls short of calling on nations to phase out coal, oil and gas. Language that more than 100 countries have been calling for to be included. They say the agreement is not sufficient to reflect the growing urgency of the climate crisis. So tonight we ask, is this climate deal going far enough? We've got David McKenzie joining us now live from Johannesburg. Um, David, we know that there was a huge delay in terms of getting this final agreement. Um, it did seem to pass very quickly during that plenary session. But it is historic and it must be said because finally we have the words fossil fuel in a COP agreement. Well, that's right, Eleni. You've got the words, but now you need the action. But in terms of sentiment, it is uh, definitely significant that the countries, all of them, came together to find consensus on the transition away from fossil fuels. It's pretty extraordinary. After all this time and after all the evidence that we have that fossil fuels, coal, oil and gas are the chief culprits when it comes to climate change uh, and the climate crisis that we are finally getting it in a document like this uh, that unfortunately for many isn't enforceable, it's non-binding, uh, but still it is significant. Uh, countries have also uh, been asked to move away towards renewable energy as a whole, uh, tripling the level of renewable energy uh, and also looking into issues like carbon capture. Some uh, critics say that this is a loophole, but it is significant uh, that there was a consensus uh, the next decade will be critical to see whether the reductions in fossil fuel use will be enough uh, to get to those 1.5 degree uh, goal of the Paris Agreement. Eleni? All right, David McKenzie, great to see you. Thank you so much. Well, my next guest is the Dominican Republic's Vice Minister for Cooperation and International Affairs, and she attended the COP28 summit in Dubai and said this about the language in the climate agreement, and we quote, We thus call for consistency and pragmatism, the pragmatic approach being the one where small islands can survive. Right, and Milagros de Camps joins me now live in studio. Thank you so much, Vice Minister. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. Look, it, it must have been really tough negotiations and very long hours. We know that it was delayed and into the early hours of the morning. Could you tell me what happened in the room? Because we know that over 100 countries actually supported using stronger terms with fossil fuels, but clearly there were concessions made. That is correct. So the day before yesterday, we had an iteration of the text that did not mention specifically uh, phase out of fossil fuels, and it provided a menu of options, uh, and that was not acceptable for small island states, but for many countries. Uh, we consulted with the presidency during yesterday uh, all day, and we were until late night hours uh, talking with them and expressing that this is a matter of survival for island states. We're not talking about 1.5 limit as a negotiating target, but it's a physical limit for us. Uh, so uh, after many, many hours of working, we received a text this morning, and uh, we reviewed the text. And even though it's not what we wanted, it does not put us in path to 1.5 degrees. Yeah. It is the first time it is mentioned uh, fossil fuels, so it is a historic agreement. Yeah, it is historic in that sense, but as we've ascertained, there are, of course, loopholes. Yes. I mean, I think it's, it's important to note mm -hmm. that your country, Dominican Republic, 
um, has experienced unprecedented flooding, 37,000 people mm -hmm. displaced. Yes. You're at the coalface of this. Mm -hmm. what, and, and look, small island nations actually even said that this is almost signing a death sentence if, if we don't use the, the right language. Mm -hmm. Do you feel you signed a death sentence? We feel we signed an agreement that is incremental and it will reach somewhere and we will have that happen. Uh, in part because uh, it is our survival that we're talking about. So uh, the science is very clear on what we have to do. We need to peak emissions by 2025, and we need to reduce by 43% greenhouse gas emissions by 2030, and we need to arrive uh, to net zero by 2050. This agreement does not take us there. So yeah. we will make everything possible to increment our actions and to have the negotiating text by the next COP to be more ambitious. So in that room, during the negotiations, how powerful was the, 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 the push from mm -hmm. the oil producing nations? Did you feel that that was really strong? Because we know that publicly Saudi Arabia, Kuwait mm -hmm. and Iraq were really pushing back. We heard that OPEC had sent a letter to its members yes. saying they shouldn't support certain language. Did that come across in the negotiations? It did. And when we met with the president, he mentioned that he's losing a lot of uh, political capital here uh, in this text, but that he was determined to deliver what he called the North Star. And uh, we trusted his leadership because he delivered on loss and damage, which is also another historic agreement that was arrived at COP. Uh, but that's only $85 billion. It's, it's very small. It's not it even, it doesn't even represent the loss and damage of the Dominican Republic. So we're still waiting for it to be replenished. But even getting that money deployed mm -hmm. and yes. how you can tap into it, yes. the mechanisms. The mechanisms are not in place and we're expecting that for the board. It's the main uh, role that the board has now, starting January. Actually, we, we've got a soundbite from John Kerry um, in terms of his reaction to this uh, final agreement. Let's take a listen. One country can say no to the whole thing. That actually makes it even more remarkable that as much ambition is contained in this document. Now, we have to obviously push, but I'll tell you what's going to make the greatest difference in my judgment. The signal that comes out of here today is that the whole world is going to be moving even harder to try to make this happen. All right, so he's optimistic. He believes that, that this is a workable document. But there are loopholes, right? Carbon sequestration, the unabated yes. coal yes. that can be used, phasing down of coal, but so forth. And again, it's still a menu. Listen, the language changed. It said countries mm -hmm. could use these mechanisms. That was the original language. The original. Then yes. they said we're calling on countries. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the, the language changed, but it, does it, it is a reality? It is a stronger language, but it doesn't take us where we need to be. I am also optimistic because I know that we will do what we need to do, but it is not what we needed. And the main thing is that it doesn't call on phase out of fossil fuels, which is what we needed for this text because this text was the only opportunity that we had to course correct because it's a global stock take so by the next global stock take it will already be too late okay so I mean I, you know looking through the the final draft or well, the final agreement yeah there's something that really stuck out for me is it, that it says in, in article 80 noting with deep regret the mm -hmm. goal of developed countries to, mobili to mobilize $100 billion yes. wasn't reached in, in 2020. No. And actually, this, this also mentions mm -hmm. that the Paris Agreement, so much we failed on, mm -hmm. you know, back then from eight years ago. Then it also says they concern, this is Article 81, the adaptation finance gap is widening. Yes. The money that was promised and pledged is mm -hmm. still not being deployed. What will change now with this? We are expecting it to be deployed, but it's not what we're uh, hoping uh, to happen in the, we're actually hoping to happen, but not 
expecting to happen in the next few years. Adaptation is a priority for, uh, for our states. And we don't see the commitment uh, or the strong language that we were expecting in this text. So let me ask you simply this mm -hmm. then. Have you received any money that has been pledged? Have you been be able to tap Very into little. any of the financing? Very little. We ex we Dominican Republic uh, is uh, costing climate change 1.8% of our GDP per year. This year, we've only received about $100 million, which is not enough. Why and, do you think, and loans. And in loans. So you're in getting loans. loans. So this is, this is putting pressure on your, exactly. your, your fiscally, yes. right? We do not have the fiscal space to continue upfronting the cost of the climate change uh, crisis. So this is the big issue. You, mm -hmm. We're being, seeing these big numbers, and mm -hmm. people don't understand that, that still this is financing. Mm -hmm. and, and frankly, you know, you're still hearing, well, we've got to de-risk projects, and we exactly. still need to make them yeah. bankable. And do this you is think that same feedback? You don't have enough bankable projects? We don't have enough bankable projects for large investments, but the thing is that adaptation is not bankable projects. There are necessary projects and we don't usually have uh, the type of adaptation projects that are bankable. And the cost of climate change are incre incremental per year. We're talking about our projections say that by 2027 it's going to be 5% of our GDP and that's our economic growth. So I mean, and, and here's another piece of reality, right? So when, when there is financing, people mm -hmm. want to make a return on investment. Yes. So we're, we're seeing this, this money being mm -hmm. pledged and, and you know, committed to. But that doesn't respond to climate justice. It doesn't respond to climate justice, mm -hmm. but there's always money attached in, in yes. some way, profits that yes. people are looking for. Do you think that we need to change the way we view this type of financing? We definitely need to change the way. Other, otherwise, it's just a shift of colonialism. Um, you know, talking about climate justice um, and just seeing how little the developed world has really done in terms of investments into mm -hmm. the global south and, frankly, developing nations. Um, do you feel optimistic? that we're heading on the right path, knowing your reality on the ground? I feel optimistic that we'll reach there. I don't feel optimistic today, but I do feel optimistic that we'll make everything possible for our survival, because I know that uh, economic progress is not, cannot trump the survival of millions of uh, island states and our livelihoods. Really, I, I thank you so much for your time um, and for coming through today, mm -hmm. and I wish you all the best. I know that thank it's you you're at the coalface of the climate crisis. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, we faced this year historic flooding, yeah. uh, many lives lost, historic forest fires. So it's, it's way too much already. It is. Mm -hmm. um, Vice Minister, thank you so much. I wish thank you all you. the best. Thank you very thank much. You.